Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Today's episode of The Other Stories is Nanny Rutt, written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Josh Curran. It is, uh, Albert Jackter's watch, squinting at the numbers on the dial. 1800 hours, 15th September. Commencing notes tape recorder in his hand word. It was old tech, but there was something satisfying in the comfortable weight of it, impossible to achieve with a modern phone recorder. His colleagues had mocked his preference for it, but there was no signal this deep in the woods. Albert relished the silence. He knelt in the grass, ignoring the dew soaking his trousers. Rot forest encircled him on all sides, enfolding him in its autumnal splendour. The air smelt of rot and coming frost. He'd pitched his tent on the verge of a small clearing, careful to make as little a disturbance as possible. All around him, spotting the forest floor like guests at a silent ball, their neat round caps shining a velvety purple, grew the mushrooms. Technically speaking, Albert shouldn't have camped so close, but something about these specimens called to him. 
They were an unknown species, a tentative balance between new life and old rot. The Forestry Commission had cordoned off this entire section of rut forest, usually bursting this time of year with late-season walkers to allow the university better access. And of everyone they could have picked, they'd sent Albert. Barely three months out of his PhD, they'd sent him into the field. They trusted him. In the deepest chambers of his heart, he wondered if they'd named the new species after him. No new caps overnight, he murmured into the recorder, his eyes tracing the now familiar pattern of caps. Preparing to extract specimen. The tweezers from his pocket flashed silver. The nearest mushroom sprouted at a slight angle, its purple cap taller and more vibrant than its neighbours. Albert hadn't touched them, but he liked to imagine them as soft as velvet, silky rough against his fingertips. Slowly, slowly, he reached out a hand. I'd be careful with those, lad, said a voice. Albert turned. A figure stood on the edge of the clearing, watching him with interest. Albert jumped to his feet. I am um, afraid this part of the forest is off-limits to the public, he said, adjusting his glasses. Uh, you'll have to keep back. Oh, the old woman smiled. I'll be sure to tell any public I meet. Uh, that includes you, ma'am. I must insist. Oh, that's very kind, but I wouldn't bother... The woman stepped into the clearing, allowing Albert to see her properly. She cut a strange silhouette, dressed in a long black shawl, a vast quantity of rough white hair cascading from her hood. "'And what are you doing out here, all alone?' she asked. "'I'm uh, here with the university,' Albert motioned to the cordon section. "'I'm a... Uh, um... Mycologist. The old woman grinned. Well, ain't that a thing, she said. Albert tried not to stare. The old woman's teeth were stained dark, almost green. What's your name, lad? she asked. Uh, Albert? Albert was too bewildered to lie. The old woman seemed to consider this a moment. Nanny she said. It's as good a name as any. She turned back towards the trees. You be careful, lad. Fungi's a strange creature. If it likes you, it won't gladly let go. Albert managed to smile. <laughs> I assure you, madam, I'm an expert on... Even so, even so. Nanny vanished behind the trees. Albert rose to his feet and hurried after her but she was already gone by the time he reached the opposite side. All that remained was the gentle rustling of branches, gathering evening into themselves like a loving embrace. Albert slept poorly that night. Whispers seemed to evade the darkness of his tent, too low to decipher. In his mind's eye, he saw the old woman on the edge of the clearing, watching with eyes as black as volcanic glass. He saw roots rising from the ground, entwining her legs, curling through the hem of her dress. 
a woman of bracken and thorny brambles, her hair pale moss, her skin the leathery soft surface of a mushroom cap, standing as still as a forest stone. By the time he awoke the next morning, Albert had made up his mind. He would return to his car, drive to the nearest town, and call the gamekeeper about trespassers in the woods. It wasn't, he told himself, because the old woman had unnerved him. It was simply an act of preservation. How could anyone expect to study rare fungi when they were constantly waylaid by ad nauseum wanderers? He packed up his tent, stored away his equipment and recorder in his heavy rucksack, then paused, lingering on the edge of the clearing. The velvet fungi spotted the grass, their purple caps oddly discordant against the greens and browns of the forest. A strange longing tugged at Albert's throat. He had been contracted to stay here for three weeks. Now he was abandoning his post abandoning his charges. He swallowed, pulling himself together. He would be back. He promised he would be back. He wouldn't take long. The trek back to Albert's car was long, but relatively straightforward, down a single path that branched through the forest like the roots of a burrowing tree. Albert walked with renewed lightness, in the daytime, it was easier to dismiss his encounter with the strange old woman, forget the oddness of his dreams. He'd been working too hard. He needed air. He needed company. Albert swigged a gulp of water from his backpack, savouring the tepid flavour, and peered ahead. Soon, he hoped, he'd spot the gaps in the trees where the landscape dipped into a natural valley, following the curve of an ancient riverbed to the concrete car park on the edge of the woods. Sunbeams lanced through the treetops, sending dappled patterns skittering across the path. The light seemed strange, too bright, too sharp, as if the forest were lit from above by a vast spotlight. Albert's neck prickled. A dull pounding rang in his ears, mingling with a distant buzz. Tired. He was just tired. He turned a corner and slowed. A dark silhouette lay across the path, obscured by a layer of buzzing flies. The remains of some unfortunate forest animal, its carcass split and glistening. Albert, accustomed to the barbary of nature only in books and photographs, looked away, fighting the urge to retch. He could double back, follow one of the branching pathways riddling the track, but then what? He could get lost. He could injure himself. He could add an extra hour onto his journey simply because he was too scared to approach a dead animal. He was supposed to be a scientist, wasn't he? Calm, logical, methodical. Albert swallowed, and hurried forward, struggling not to breathe, edging over the bank beside the unfortunate creature. The buzz of flies rang in his ears. The smell filled his lungs, thick and sweet. Albert couldn't help but glance down, careful of placing his feet. Was that a flash of velvety purple poking up from the split ribcage? A familiar round cap, dark against off-white bone? No. 
Of course not. Albert looked away, spotting a gap in the trees up ahead. He stumbled through it, gasping with relief, and paused. He was standing on the edge of a round clearing, dappled with the now familiar tops of velvety purple mushroom caps. There, just past the trees, were the remains of last night's fire pit, the neat arrangement of stones he'd placed to mark the boundary. He was back in the clearing, right where he'd started. Albert's neck prickled. How on earth was that possible? He'd followed the correct path, he should have arrived back at his car by now. Had he gotten turned around somehow? Lost track and doubled back on himself? A chill breeze rustled the treetops. Albert shivered. He turned back, setting off again down the path at a light jog. He expected to reach the animal carcass again, a gory landmark to his mistake, but instead the path continued unblemished. The bright sunlight had begun to fade, deepening the shadows and stirring the darkness. Albert slowed to a walk, forcing down his confusion. He'd only been walking for half an hour, surely. By the time he rounded the next bend, the light had dipped from gold to evening brown. Albert shivered, suddenly conscious of his surroundings. Here and there, between the trees, was that a flash of purple? A velvety softness poking through the green? He tried to focus, but the shadows were too deep, the verges too steep. A stiff breeze rustled the grass, producing a sound reminiscent of voices, murmuring and soft. They soothed Albert's worry, assured him that he was exactly where he needed to be. Exactly where they wanted him. Everything would be alright. Everything would be fine. Albert's foot caught on a stone, jolting him from his daze. He staggered, blinking in the sudden darkness. In a matter of moments, night had fallen over Rut Forest. Albert's throat hitched. He spun, catching a flash of colour through the trees. Firelight! Up ahead! A park warden, perhaps? Lost campus? Albert didn't care. He hurried towards the light, bursting through the bracken onto a familiar scene. Albert forced back a whimper of despair. He was back in the clearing. Flames flickered in the previously empty fire pit. A dark silhouette sat on the other side of the fire, poking at the embers with a stick. There are stories... Nanny mused, as if continuing a conversation broken only by an amiable pause. Of an old woman deep in the woods. Sometimes Jenny Greenteeth, sometimes the Wicked Witch, sometimes Nanny Rutt herself. She smiled, flashing teeth as green as moss. Keeper of the forest, guardian of all the little lives crying out for sustenance. Albert opened his mouth to reply, but nothing came out. Silly, of course, Nanny added with a smile. Anyone who says that must have eaten something they own. She plucked a velvety black cap from the basket at her feet and held it out to Albert. He recognised the putrid flesh smell of stinkhorn fungus. He shook his head, finally mustering the sense to move. His back hit a tree trunk. He glanced down. 
Purple-topped fungi spotted the ground around the campfire, clustered so thickly it was impossible to see the grass. Slowly, carefully, like a newborn fawn reaching towards its mother, they leaned towards him. Fresh caps burst from the ground at his feet, opening like tiny umbrellas in the moonlight. Albert struggled to focus, struggled to keep himself upright. He turned towards the trees, to where the track had once been. But all he saw now was darkness. Darkness and the whisper of sprouting mushroom caps. Albert's gaze flickered to the campfire. Nanny was gone. The fire was out. His gaze fell on the swirls of mushrooms below him. The stinkhorn sourness still ripe in his throat. He blinked. Sudden realization dawned, as bright and blessed as sunlight. Hallucinating! He was hallucinating! Particular fungi spores could be potent, and who knew what this genus could create? None of this was real. None of this was... Albert staggered, grabbing a branch for support, and scrambled in his pocket for his tape recorder. He clicked it on. It is... Jesus, I don't know... The numbers on his watch swirled. Albert could hear himself babbling, hear his own thudding heartbeat. Specimen is showing signs of... signs of... Albert swayed. Something brushed his ankle. Albert lost his balance. The ground rose up to meet him. The world went black. There was nothing. Perhaps for a moment. Perhaps for an eon. Slowly... Albert opened his eyes. He was lying on his back in the grass, surrounded by purple velvet cap mushrooms. His glasses hung askew, but through the cracked lenses he could see the overcast sky. There was a hint of rain in the air, an autumnal sharpness that nipped his skin and ruffled his hair. Albert felt his heartbeat slow. He couldn't move. He didn't want to move. He had never felt so at peace. Something shifted beneath him, deep below the earth. Albert lay and listened, unable to will himself upright, unable to will himself to fear. He could hear them. Deep beneath the earth, he could hear them. The soft, inexorable advance of mushroom hyphae branching endless fingers through the dirt, a network as vast as a city, as intricate as lace. They told him they loved him, that he would never leave this place. He would sink into the leaf mold, into the litter of the forest floor, his clothes torn by animals, his bones buried. He would become one with the vast network of fungi, embracing their mindless wisdom. Something shifted in Albert's vision. A figure rose into view, crouching beside his prone form. Nanny smiled her crooked green smile, and Albert wondered how he had ever mistaken her for human. Now then, dear, she crooned, what did I say about taking care? They were coming now rising to meet him. Albert lay back, letting the questing tendrils wind across his throat, feeling his arms, his shoulders, the soft slickness of his eyes. 
hallucinating. He was just hallucinating. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Nanny Rutt was written by Georgia Cook, narrated by Josh Curran, produced by Carl Hughes of music by Umcorps and Tom Robson, and sound effect provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spoon of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Joshua Boucher and Karen O'Brien for helping with our mission reading. And of course to Ben Errington, the social media Wendigo, turned into such after finding himself trapped in a mine with nothing but social media content for sustenance. Alone, trapped, in the dark. For years, he started to change. He started to tweet, 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 tweet. Georgia Cook is an illustrator and a writer from London. She's the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize, Staunch Book Prize and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at, at GeorgiaCooked and on her website at georgiacookwriter.com. Josh Curran is a narrator and writer. He's narrated many episodes of The Other Stories. He's also the curator of the horror audio drama podcast, Miscreation. You can follow him on Twitter at, at jcurranwriter. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time.